right, welcome to episode three of the Mammoth Games Inc. podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me as always, Filtercord. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, today we have a guest, <clears throat> um, first guest that we've had on the stream. I've been following uh, his stream over on Twitch.tv for a few months now. Uh, the dude's super informative, entertaining to watch. Uh, Ed's X-Wing. How's it going, Ed? Uh, it's going great. Really appreciate you guys having me on today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. So, what's been up? What have you been playing on your stream? Uh, what's the latest? The latest is a little bit of an oldie. Uh, as far as newer games go, uh, I've been playing World of Final Fantasy. Uh, kind of wanted to break uh, habit lately. I've been going through the Kingdom Hearts games, actually, mm-hmm. uh, since the remakes have come out. And, uh, and yeah. I hit, uh, you know, both of those. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you're a big uh, uh, big Square Enix guy, from what I, from what I can tell from your stream. So, yeah, if um, any, uh, any of our listeners are interested, they can go check Ed's uh, uh, stream out over on Twitch.tv. Just look up uh, Ed's X-Wing. Um, and we'll go over that at the end of the podcast. We'll probably have something in the description as well. Yep. So, cool, man. What's on the agenda today, Austin? All right. So, um, I guess we kind of wanted to talk about like what some of our uh, big anticipated upcoming games are, at least for the next year. Um I mean, there's definitely some stuff that's kind of falls outside of that range that is really interesting coming out, but we want to talk about some stuff that hopefully people will be able to get their hands on sometime soon. Uh, maybe be able to get pre-orders in if you want to go do that or whatever. So, um, yeah, we want to talk about our, our top three upcoming games. Uh, we're going to have some honorable mentions at the end, and uh, we're also going to mention some stuff that we have, you know, just on our individually we've backed on Kickstarter that we're uh, kind of looking forward to, uh, that kind of stuff that's going to come out soon. So, um yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and start. Yeah, jump into um, it. What's, uh, what, what's your number three? Yes, my number three is actually, um, anybody who listened to the last podcast probably can see this coming, is Detroit Becoming Human, which is uh, the new game from the Heavy Rain studio, uh, David Cage writing and directing the game, I believe. And um, I don't know, like, I, I've always been a fan of, you know, Beyond Two Souls, I like uh, Heavy Rain. Um, I actually have Indigo Prophecy. I got it on PC. I haven't played it. Because every time I hear anything about it, it I just get horrified. But um, it's sitting there someday. I'm probably gonna have to play it here soon. When I, when the, uh, you know, the demand for Detroit gets too strong, I'm gonna have to play something and kind of fight it back. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I'm just a big fan of that style of game in general. There's not a lot of people that can do it at that AAA level. So um, yeah, it's a yeah, I'm super definitely pumped. It's a super interesting game if, you know, anyone listening doesn't really know the premise. Um, it's really decision-based. Um, mm-hmm. You pick your... I, I shouldn't say route, but you pick your choices as they kind of come up um, in some, you know different scenarios. Um, the trailer shows off exactly how things can go down uh, mm-hmm. for Detroit Becoming Human. Um, you know, picking what you think might be the best route might just not be the best route. You know, things might turn out a little different than you anticipate. So, um, yeah, a lot of it is cool like story uh, based game. Yeah, a lot of it's like it, a lot of the gameplay is kind of quick time events and like dialogue. So, mm-hmm. um, Telltale, uh, any of the Telltale games, if you've played those, are uh, kind of based on the structure of like Heavy Rain. So, um, you know, that's uh, what was the what was the trailer that they had before they announced the game where it, they were showing off like the PS4 engine? Do you remember that? Um, yeah, I remember seeing it. I don't remember, like... It was very, um... I forget what it was called, but, uh... It's not hard to... I mean, if you look up, like, David Cage... I don't know, like... Engine... Graphics engine display, something like that. But it was, a. Uh, it's basically, um... Westworld, like, assembling a, like... Humanoid robot. Oh, yeah, and, I remember uh, that you know, the one. robot kind of realizes what it is, like... Uh, amazing. When I saw that, I was like... Yep, sign me up for the next game. I'll pre-order it now. Yeah, the the characters were kind of like packaged up like you would buy an action figure, but they're human right. size. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game looks looks super solid. Um, anything else? Ed, do you want to chime in on anything on that game? I love his previous work. Uh, For sure. Beyond yeah. Two Souls. I I love the science fiction in that and uh, oh, Heavy Rain. I just... got really heavily into oh. Heavy Rain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was so good. It had yeah. some moments in that one that just 
made you cringe. I, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Very Saw-like. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, moving so, right along. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do you got, Ed? What's your uh, what's your number three? My number three is uh, very personal, but it's it's Destiny Two, which is a love hate relationship with that game. Uh, <laughs> I feel that it's <laughs> it's more heavily anticipated for me because of the s- close small group that I play the the first one with, mm-hmm. uh, doing raids with those guys. So I'm looking forward to continuing that, but. I know what Bungie can do, and I'm really hoping that they can bring it to the forefront in the second outing because it wasn't really there in the first one. Uh, The raids were fantastic, but that's such a small portion of what should be a large game, and I think they can do that in the second one, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, Destiny 2 is... um I bought heavily into Destiny 1. Uh, I was yeah. a huge advocate for the game, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, did we play that? Did You played that with me a bit, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, we did some like raids and stuff together. It was it was okay uh, for me, but um, ultimately, I I don't know. I just... It, it, felt, it felt like uh, I, I expected a bit more. From, yeah. from the game, uh, like yeah, it, it's Destiny, like they, yeah. they, it was uh, when we worked at GameStop, they portrayed it as this this thing that was going to be, you know, the length of the console, and we're going to play it the entirety yep. of the time, and you're going to spend forty bucks on a DLC rather than you know a new game the next year. So that's why I'm a little bitter with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, rating with specific people, I understand for sure why that would make the top. And the DLC concerns that you have there are part of the reason why it's a love-hate with me as well, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitely, like... It was one of those games that, uh, you know, the first Destiny, like you were saying, me and Nice Worm played a lot. Um, it, it, it was, like... I see where they were going, but I just wanted them to go a little further with it. Yeah. It, it was, like... It was on the cusp. So, Destiny 2 could definitely be interesting. Um, I mean, even if they just refine what Destiny 1 is... It, it, they're going to be starting at a good place. Yeah, I could definitely see myself picking that back up, uh, picking up Destiny 2, um, and jumping back into the world. Uh, because, you know, it, it's about supporting that forward progression. And if they mm-hmm. are going to make forward progression from where the first game, let, you know, kind of like left off or build up to, um, yeah, that's super important. They could make something really good. I mean, playing solo was fun, jumping in and having your friends play, that was cool. Um, and even later, uh, you know, doing raids and even PvP, it, it was it was all a good time, but it was kind of just the um, individual things. Uh, like I, I don't know, it's probably for me more the way I felt. Um, it was portrayed as one thing, and we ended up getting another thing. Yeah, and that was very much like. And that was even um, after research. That was after like this is yeah. what we're getting like. I remember they specifically told us that we would be able to play this game for 10 years, that there wouldn't be a second one. I remember a representative a, coming into the store telling me that as, a, yeah. as an assistant manager. Yeah, that was a publisher side thing and a store marketing thing. There's there's some pretty old documentation of, uh, you know, Bungie saying like, okay, we're going to, like, there's going to be sequels, but we're going to space them out and they're going to like naturally grow out of the old one. So and, they got lost in like publisher and marketing. Then even that, I remember um, the store manager of uh, Filter Court and I's store. He went mm. and they um, that he was he went there understanding that the game was uh, an MMO, right? And then he played it and it wasn't an MMO, and he's like, "I have no interest in this game anymore." Yeah. <laughs> so oh. it was it was really weird. Um, the whole. Uh, PR for that game was yeah, there was kind there of was unlike some, most other games that yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, there were some marketing problems. I mean, it's typical for a game to kind of be marketed as more than it really is going to be, but this this one was uh, an outlier. Mm-hmm. And, it, and yeah, and I fun. wouldn't recommend anybody coast into this. They've used up all their goodwill, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. that's a well, that, that's good. I could see why that's on your list. 
Yeah, Jay, go ahead. All right, um, my number three is um, Spider-Man. The I, I don't want to say like reboot, but they are basically rebooting the Spider-Man. Um, that free open mm-hmm. world um, done by Insomniac, which looks yeah. awesome. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer for that one, definitely jump on and uh, check it out. There's not a lot, so E3 coming up, I imagine we'll see a lot more. Sony is knocking out a lot of their uh, big titles. And, uh, you know, they're going to need some new things. And we've already seen, mm-hmm. uh, like, one trailer from them. But with uh, Her- uh, Horizon coming out, they're going to need something else to fill that spot. And I feel like they're right. just going to, at E3, you know, here's all these games and see which one, you know, grants the biggest reaction. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I'll be really interested to see how this one does because it's, it, it's not based on the movie necessarily. Yeah, I haven't but heard there's anything. Be some tie-in, I'm sure. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it being based on the movie. Personally, I would like it to not be based on anything that's happening right. in the movie. I would like to see yeah. it kind of come up to that, um, like Spider-Man Two, like where it kind of came out. You know, like where they already had Spider-Man One, which is a, a rooftop swinger or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then Two came out and it was that big open world thing that really wasn't. At, well, it wasn't based on the movie, was it? No. No, I didn't think it was. Well, it had some of the movie's missions in it, but I mean, it's that's not what it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. kind of hard to avoid, I feel like, because right. the story's already wrote. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see it be its own thing and uh, and, and bring Spider-Man games back to that um, like that pedigree that they're known for from the past, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that... Uh... Yeah, I'm interested. I, you know, it's they have a lot of experience with like the kind of weird like traversal in a city with like um, Sunset Overdrive specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I actually it looks like that game might have just kind of been like testing, like you know, it engine could been, building yeah. for that kind of thing. So, um, man, they're double dipping just right. Just a little bit of Xbox One, a little bit of PS4. They are the Insomniac <laughs> is they're kind of everywhere these days. That's how you do it. It is. They're they're making they're making sure they're getting the best of both worlds, and it's cool right. because gamers are kind of getting um, like even though we missed out on Sunset Overdrive, you know, we have Ratchet and Clank. We're getting uh, Spider Man. I'm not sure if that's an exclusive. I assume it is, but uh, I think I it is. Into it. I think it's timed. It's timed exclusive. I'm not sure though. Um, but yeah, don't quote me on any of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that, that's my number three. Um, just because you know I. Uh, my favorite Spider-Man was uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man back on PS2, um, mm, the comic book yeah. style and stuff like that. And this looks yeah. a lot different, but you know, th- this comic book style of that game didn't drag me. You know, it wasn't the end-all, be-all for me, but it was very. Um, it, it helped fuel my love for mm-hmm. that game, uh, and I think this game. I feel like um, I think they're gonna the distancing that. itself would be a really good thing, and it seems like they're kind of distanced themselves from the movie so that mm-hmm. uh, i think that'll help them out and having insomniac on board is huge so yeah but yeah that's my number three um i guess we're back okay. to you austin what do you got what's your um my number second? two is middle earth shadows of war um okay. I, I always have trouble like pronouncing what it is i guess <laughs> like they're going with like their their subtitle is like their main title but it's the one that changes so yeah. uh I don't know. It's, it's um, Shadows of Mordor two or whatever. Yeah. Um, that like I, when they announced it, like the first thing I saw about it. I don't know if it's the first they said anything of. It, it, you know, it, I might have just missed something. But the first time I heard about it, they had like a tw- ten to twelve minute gameplay of uh, you know the main character assaulting this fort with his like orc army, and it was just so awesome. Like. Uh, jumping around like slaying people all over the place like he has fully upgraded powers so kind of like you know batman arkham asylum into arkham city they didn't just take everything away and make you redo it um so it looks like you're coming straight into the game with like your fully upgraded dude from the last game and then just going on and getting even more power and even more ability so um i mean i really like when sequels do that because i think that's you know more likely than oh well it's game number three and you've had all your powers taken away from you again yeah yeah i think Um, that i agree that's super important um yeah and it it, it, it just looks awesome i mean even between that gap you know they can uh make it 
even though the you know that power is still there, you still have the ability. It gives them that reset so they can make the characters more resistant to certain things and stuff like that. It's right. um, yeah, that's super super smart. Uh, rather than like, oh, you've lost all your powers. Good luck. And you know, I get it because it's like it's a different game. Not everybody played the first one, whatever. But like, uh, I I don't think it's too hard to just reintroduce. Like, your guy has this many abilities, and you're gonna learn like ten more throughout the game or whatever. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean it, it's. You know, the Nemesis system was, like, very well, like, very highly praised, very well received. Yes. Um, just a really cool function of, like, uh, there were these, like, named specific orc enemies in the game that you would come across. And if you, like, beat them in a fight and you didn't kill them, they might come back. And they would have, you know, like, how the orcs were, like, very um, industrious, I guess. They would have, like, big metal staples, like, holding the dude's, like, face together after you cut it open before. Or he'd have a burn mark from when you exploded, like, a fire barrel in his face. Or a missing um, eye, and he would be like, you took my yeah. eye, I'm gonna take your life, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the first time, yeah, they have, like, personalities built in, sort of, and, um, you know, the, whenever, every time you start, like, initiate a combat with them, they would kind of have a little scene where they, like, say what their thing is. And, uh, there's, like, characters that are, like, they've had their tongues cut out, so they just, it zooms in on them, and they just go, hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. like... I mean, it was really good. Like, it had a ton of personality. I'm playing through the first one again. I just love it. Like, um, if they like, if you die in a fight, uh, that's like kept in game. So, uh, you're like a zombie, like spirit walker. So you just like come back at a different location and you're safe. But that orc that killed you got like promoted and he's more powerful now. And next time he sees you, he's like, "I'm pretty sure I killed you, so I'm gonna put you in the ground for real this time." And it's like, it's really cool. I I love that system, and they're expanding it so that you have your own army that so there's like the enemy's army that has all these named like captains uh leaders war chiefs like grandmasters whatever and then you're gonna have your own army of like a big army of just nameless guys but then you're gonna have your captains and your commanders and your war chiefs so um each one of them are gonna have their own personalities there's new types of orc because you're not just in mordor now you're in a larger area so um like, you can get trolls and stuff on your side. I mean, it just looks awesome. I'm pumped yeah. for it. Yeah, that looks super good. The Nemesis, the Nemesis system is seriously... Uh, it was... Like, you have those times in video games where, like, an innovation happens, and I feel like that was one of them. That system is super innovative, yeah. and I think it could be useful in a lot of other ways. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward, but definitely... That one surprised me. It's... Like the Nemesis system came out of nowhere, was yeah. right. extremely successful, and I expected every game the following year, year mm-hmm. and a half, to implement something like that, and nobody touched it. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how they were able to keep that down. I mean, I guess it's WB, so they can really like get an army of lawyers like you've never imagined. I but uh, I mean, it's just it, it's once you realize what they're doing, it seems simple. Like it's very much like uh, how. Um, Ubisoft incorporate and we talked about it in our last podcast incorporated right. that eagle vision, you know, and then every game since then has like you climb mm. to the top of a tower and you look around and now you see it's on your map now chunk of yeah. the land on the map yeah, um, definitely every Ubisoft uh, uh, does it. We mentioned that uh, the new Breath, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild does it, and yep. it, it's branching out. And I don't know how that system hasn't the Nemesis system hasn't. So oh, that, we'll that see surprised it. me. Yeah, we'll see it in the future. It, the game was like, uh, it was not expected to do as well as it did. I mean, uh, Shadows of Mordor came out, and it was in the running for Game of the Year. And I most uh, outlets gave it to um, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. But again, can you imagine like mm-hmm. your first like medieval fantasy game? I mean, this is the company that made Fear, I believe, and like the original SWAT game and everything. So like, uh, these are shooter guys. Like, they all of a sudden show up. And uh, they had, uh, some of the guys had done one other project in the Middle Earth setting, I guess, at a different studio that got brought in. And, uh, I mean, here they show up and they just blow it out of the water with that. And it was like, it, it's a small game. I mean, uh, for all the depth that the Nemesis system gives it, that's, I mean, that is the depth of the game. It's, you're in a limited area, you unlock basically the entire map in the first couple hours, and you're just kind of messing around doing collectibles and stuff like that. But, uh... Yeah, that system makes a lot of replayability, mm-hmm. and I can I can only imagine when a bigger budget game. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. So, uh, Ed, what do you got for your second uh, game? <laughs> My second would be Super Mario Odyssey, uh, which would mm-hmm. also require me to get a Switch. Uh, I passed on it earlier because there just wasn't anything original. Mm-hmm. But uh, Super Mario Odyssey will... That'll be the one. Uh, I do want to say that's also my uh, my second game uh, yeah. for, most anticipated for the year, um, and I definitely I picked up a Switch when it came out for uh, Breath of the Wild. I was super mm-hmm. stoked for that, um, and you know since then Mario Kart Eight, uh, like the reimagining, yep. which is it's it, it's a fun party game. It's a fun game to play with friends. So oh sure, um, sure. but yeah, back to Super Mario Odyssey. Um, What's really drawing you? What, well, what? I mean, historically speaking, the Mario games, uh, they take you know a very simple gameplay concept that they've worked on for years, mm-hmm. and they modify it just slightly with the abilities. And then, you know, and then came the 3D era. You got Super Mario 64, and that defined a generation of 3D platformers. Mm-hmm. And then they're, this time it looks like they're attempting to go for an open world. And if they can do, I mean, not Breath of the Wild, but if they have an open interactive world as such with abilities such as that, uh, they could really hit it out of the park. Uh, have to wait and see, though, on how New Donk City turns out. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, I think one of the big thing that, things that drew me in for Super Mario Odyssey was um, how uh, how it looks like they have so many different uh, like environments, like world specific. Like I remember playing like 64, and you go into like a snowy world, or you go into a sandy world, or mm-hmm. you know all these different places. And they've done this, but they've changed their art style for each world. So one world will look cartoony, and the other world world will look you know realistic you know in in a super mario sense um and that's fantastic god that's just a nightmare when you see uh on that trailer when he's like mario's like i don't know when he's in the real like the realish world Mm -hmm. he's just like a little troll monster yeah like other humans are like normal human proportions (laughs) so it's like what is he yeah that's exactly the question right right so it's that that raises a lot of interesting uh like ethical questions about it, the Mario series. It, it almost looks like a like a GTA five mod. It really does. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know, not taking anything away from it. It's it's definitely uh my second most anticipated game of this year. Um you know, being at where we are in the year, you know, we're we're in May. There were several mm-hmm. other games at the beginning of the year that would have that this list would have changed. Yeah. Uh, in comparison, so um, I imagine we'll run down some of those later too. For sure. All right, so uh, I'll go back to wrap around to number one. Yeah, we'll wrap back around to number one. Uh, Mario being Super Mario Odyssey being Ed's second and my second. So yeah, uh, yeah. What do you got for your first, Austin? All right, my number one game I'm most anticipating, and this I hope it's within the next. I, I hope it's by the end of this year, but I hope that at least it's by this time next year. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never mm. played any of the other Red Dead games other than Redemption um, when that came out on 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'm a very like, I'm very much an outlier in this. I'm not a huge fan of Rockstar's games, and I it's one of those things where it's like I appreciate them and I understand how important they are and you know the changes they made in other games. Uh, but like, I, I, I didn't like. GTA 4. I've played Bully. I wasn't a big fan of that. It actually sounds like they're going to be working on Bully 2 maybe in the future. Oh, God, yes. So that, that's interesting. Uh, Rockstar Table Tennis was great. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like, uh, I, I really liked L.A. Noir, which they were basically just a publisher. And there's a... Mm-hmm. That's actually a really interesting one to go look into the background of what was going on while they were developing. That was just a nightmare, that whole scenario. Yeah, the, but, uh, like development hell is... Yeah, like, I'm pretty so sure real. if you look that up, that their picture is next to it. 
people were like working Bondi like and El- and 60 Drew 70 Drew. hour weeks and not getting paid overtime because they like hit their yearly limit of overtime in like february oh, yeah. it was amazing i mean it's uh, the fact that that game got made at all is phenomenal but uh i mean um so la noir was kind of I, I can't recall exactly how those games came out i think la noir came out just a little bit after but um yeah red dead uh, red dead redemption was like my first rockstar game i really dug into and man, I, I I didn't even like hundred percent complete it. Uh, probably by far. I mean, I I just ran around and you know it was kind of I guess typical like probably the experience a lot of people had when they played GTA three or four as their first Rockstar game, where it's like there's just so much going on in the world it, that how could just, I ever like figure it out? It's so overwhelming. You just yeah, like where do I even start? It's very much like when I first played Skyrim. Like yeah. there's so much game here that I'm never gonna get past like fifteen percent. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Red Dead, I mean, I love the story of it. I I loved um, some of the stuff they built in. Like, the Deadeye feature was really cool. Like, I would just sit and, like, make bank and poker because I figured out kind of how to trick the AI. And uh, you could pretty much always win. Yeah, and, I mean, um, that game... Like, and I think Rochambeau. It's most, I think it's most Rockstar games. It's like, you can... Like, that game's huge, and there's so much to do, but you can also just pop in and do little things. Like, oh, I'm going to pop in and oh, yeah, there's you know, like play poker, 20, I'm going to... Yeah, there's 20 games inside or, of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And put, it's, like, I mean, tie up a lady and put her on the train tracks. Yeah, yeah. The, the Stranger Tales were the best part of it. Yep. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, there was, so it was just so much, and, like, two... I mean, it, it's still a little mysterious, and that's why I'm kind of concerned that it's not going to come out when it's supposed to. Um, we basically have a trailer to go on. Yeah, there's and, nothing like, more. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely get why you're, why you'd yeah. be worried that if it's gonna come out this year. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm kind of over open world stuff. Like, uh, there's just so many games that it's like collect 700 herbs, collect 96 <laughs> flags, and like climb all of these towers and then look around on the top. So, um, I know that the way that rockstar makes their open worlds it's very um you know if, if you go do a whole bunch of extra side stuff it's because you want to it's not because the game's telling you to and uh their their general like their quest structure is really good um their their hooks are always good enough to kind of pull you into doing the stuff that you want to do and not just hey can you go find five scorpion tails and deliver them to my cousin you know so um because she makes a mean scorpion tail pie. I was going to say, your, your cousin really soup. needs those scorpion tails. Yep, it's <laughs> probably for anti-venom or something. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so, you know, they're, Rockstar is just known to be really good at that kind of stuff. So, um, I feel like that's a world that I'll get lost in happily and not, like... Well, I mean, you know, speaking of Shadows of Mordor right now, the majority of that game is kind of going and doing, like, completion quests and like these little hunts and stuff i'm just doing that i'm scouring the map right now because i don't want to go on to the next zone yet and that's a drag so um you know i I, rockstar is pretty good at that with open worlds just making it interesting and again like you can go play poker for four hours in game and make a ton of money if you want to so uh that's a good that's that's my preferred type of diversion yeah they, they do they definitely do a good job of that uh um breaking it up it's not that it's not there and the repetition's not there it's just they break it up by introducing other little things um so yeah that's super important and i think they do it they do it so well possibly the best in the in the whole video game industry probably damn good all right moving right along ed what do you got what's your number one my number one is the expansion to Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. Stormblood, uh, just a, you know a month and change away. Hmm. Uh, I put so much time into that title, and it can almost be played as a single player experience. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually just returning to it. Um, I think I've been playing. Uh, probably about a week and a half uh just getting back to my characters so yeah it's awesome uh i didn't expect you to come out and say stormblood that's really cool well the the story is just they they do a fantastic job of doing an actual great final fantasy story Mm -hmm. and then 
you know, past that, the supplementary stuff on the side, great. And then there's a bunch of challenge there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm a huge fan yeah. of how the how, how this title um, just um, Final Fantasy XIV is laid out on, you know, like you make your character and you really don't need to make another character. There's no, there's no real need for it unless you mm-hmm. want to make, you know, unless you want to play with a, you know, a, a friend who's starting over or something like that. But even at that, you can pick a different job that you might not have played before, and you know, just roll through with a new job. Um, you know, for those who aren't aware, uh, you create your character and when you pick up, like, let's say you've never picked up, um, like a pugilist or something. Uh, you can be a pugilist and it starts you back at one, even though you have like an arcanist level forty. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's pretty cool. I really I do enjoy how that game's laid out, and that's why uh, after about a year of me not playing it, I'm I'm playing it again. <laughs> I, but I but honestly, I don't know too much about um, Stormblood. I haven't looked into it because I haven't cracked. Uh, Everything that Heavensward, since I took that you know bit of time off, I haven't cracked everything that it has to offer. So, what's up with Stormblood? Uh, do you know? Do you have a decent amount of information on that? Or? Oh yeah. Uh, for starters, I don't want to spoil the story of what previously happened, but mm-hmm. uh, heading out east to a new land continent, which opens up a whole bunch of opportunities. Uh, a basic primer of additional content would be two new DPS jobs, Red Mage and Samurai. Hmm. They they uh, they added f- like flying mounts. You know, I'm, everybody in WoW that plays WoW has had that for years. But they had mm-hmm. they they added flying mounts in the last expansion. In this one, they're adding in swimming and mounts that go underwater, oh, uh, cool. including. Funny. Yeah, underwater areas, cities, dungeons, uh, what have you. So, you know, all of that is uh, mm-hmm. pretty interesting to me. And then um, anybody that is familiar with the game, they have your standard content, which is usually uh, four-player content as far as dungeons go. You go in with uh, the Holy Trinity, which is a tank, a healer, and DPS. Usually two DPS, a healer, and a tank. Um, but then when you get to end game, there's other stuff you can do. There's usually eight-man raids, which are usually harder content. It's to keep the real cutting-edge players interested in the game. And uh, that content is going to be based on Omega, which is a super boss typically seen in other Final Fantasy titles. As as far as endgame content, there's a raid tier, and they Mm -hmm. usually have a themed raid tier. The first one was uh, called the Binding Coil. It was Bahamut. This one was, this last expansion was Alexander, and the new one is going to be based on Omega. And then there will be 24-man raid content, and that'll be based on returning to Ivalis, so... Cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think Stormblood's gonna be uh, gonna be pretty good, and I'll probably grab it um, after I finish. Like, I think I'm gonna be playing it a bit more, uh, you know, moving forward. So I should. Well, be I know able too. To catch up. Um, I know that they're making a. Uh, I think they've done this with all of the different expansions and everything, but there's like a buy-in. Um, you can just get, grab like uh, on PS4 or. I don't know what all systems it's on, but there's like a disc version or a digital version that you can buy that just gives you all the latest expansions in the core game all at once. Right. Um, yep. So I think you know, they if, have that for $20 right now. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think I've, the new I've, one's going to be like 50 or 60 when it comes out. Yeah. I picked up everything. Even. It's worth uh, price. Square Enix was running a sale and I picked up everything for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's good. currently. Um, so I, I think that's going to die probably in the next couple of days. So yeah, um, I don't think that sale was supposed to be out be, too long. Yeah. It'll be too late by then, but Anyways, um, okay, Jay, do you want to do your? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, my num- yeah, my number one is. Uh, I-, I think I want to use its original title name because I think I find that that funny, like more funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but South Park, the the butthole of time. 
<laughs> see, originally that was the original title, but um, they were informed that retailers would not place a product with the word butthole on their shelf. So, uh, so they changed it to the fractured butthole. Um, and to me, the, the South Park Stick of Truth was one of the funniest games I ever, <laughs> I ever played. Uh, mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. It was already uh, steeped in a franchise that I uh, adore. I've been watching it since, you know, like the late 90s. Um, and it's still miraculously going by making stupid jokes that we've all heard a million times, but they still managed to yeah. keep it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, they're, I mean, they, they've got some cool stuff going on with this. Uh, you know, they have the ability to make this fantastic game. They're using the Snowdrop engine, which is the same engine that they used for um, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division. So wow. super powerful. And <laughs> they're using, they're making it, they're making South Park. So they can take all that rerouted power, all that memory that they're saving, and uh, you know put it into other areas. So they, I, I expect the game to be fairly long, um, and uh, you know the the story, you know, stick of truth. They were playing fantasy. They were basically playing Game of Thrones. They've switched to uh, playing superhero. <laughs> so what they're kind of making fun of now would be um, uh, the Avengers Civil War, the Captain America Civil War. Uh, movie, so everything that's going on in the Marvel universe, or even the DC universe, I guess, moving forward, since we have the Justice League movie coming up. Um, but uh, it was supposed to be out last year. It was my most anticipated last year, and then it got it got pushed. So you know that didn't change for me. Still my most anticipated, uh, and that's way Trey and Matt work. You know, the, the their stuff is they're so concentrated when it comes to the show. They have to have it done. And sometimes they miss that deadline. There's been a handful of times um, and where there was no episode. They just, it was impossible to make it. Um, and uh, with the game, they don't have that. They don't have to go, like, they don't have someone saying it has to be done now. It's like they're the boss now, where they're like, well, this needs reworked, so let's go back and do that. Which can be a problem, but, you know. As long as there's not too many delays and it ends up like, you know, something like Duke Nukem, uh, we'll be mm. all right. Whew. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely that one's my most anticipated. That's awesome. cool. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of Stick of Truth. Um, I don't, it, it, it came out under such weird circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could, like, I mean, you could see in the game all the stuff that they cut. And, uh... You know, I've listened to a lot of interviews and stuff about uh, Fractured Butthole. And, uh, you know, they're like... You know, we, we kind of figured out the game process a little more. We were trying to be a little too TV about it. And, uh, I mean, if you've seen the... Uh, what is it? Seven Days to Air uh, documentary? Yeah, I think it's um, Six Days to Air. Yeah, Six Days to Air. They're like... You know, sometimes they turn in the, the you know, to-be-aired, you know, files for the show. Like an hour before they're meant to be on air. Like yeah. it's insane how they do it. And they, they want to, they keep it like so topical. They'll have an idea for an episode and like, what is it? They come out on like, is it Wednesdays or Thursdays? Yeah. They come uh, out, uh, I think Wednesdays. Yeah. Wednesday nights. And like on Monday, they will be like something cool happened in the news, throw out everything we've done. We're starting over. Yep. And it's like, you know, people, I mean, like, if you look at, like, uh, what's some other animated stuff that's big right now? Like, like if you look at, like, BoJack Horseman or... Uh, um, like, um, Bob's Burgers is huge right now. Right. Like, they will get their whole, like, a normal TV, they'll get their animating done, like, four months before it's on TV. So, it's really phenomenal that they're really, South Park's able to pull through with that. They're really afforded a different, um, a different animating and production style than any other thing because yeah. they have what like four or five voice actors and they're all they all come to work every day so they right. don't have this star-studded cast of like where bob's burgers has you know aisha or uh, like archer has aisha tyler yeah. and john benjamin. Uh, john benjamin and all these people that don't come to work every day uh right. you know they come in when they have to record their lines and so trey and matt are there every day they do 95 percent of the voices so they just they just go into the booth and basically as it's being animated they can almost record what's being 
done. Yeah, so basically it, live. Yeah, yeah ba- almost live, which is crazy. Um, and uh, the game, I guess, allows them to do to take that other approach. Allows them uh-huh. to record this stuff. And uh, from the game's perspective, I didn't find it to be uh, different from the show. It just there was mm-hmm. more to it. It was like playing, you know, a season of South right. Park. I mean, uh, they kind of did a lead-up with a couple episodes, too, so I, I look forward to them doing that for this game. But mm-hmm. uh, um, it really was like... It was like playing, like, maybe six or seven episodes back-to-back. Yeah. But it, it, like, really they, cool. They included so much stuff from the, their past. Like, you had the, like, Chim Pokemon, you had Mr. Hanky, and uh-huh. all this other stuff that was just... That Underwear was still gnomes. in the game. Underwear gnomes and crab people. Yeah. Yep. Underwear gnomes. And underwear <laughs> Jesus, that was that was some that was a couple of scenes. That was uh, everybody go <laughs> learn about that. <laughs> go learn about the underpants gnomes in South Park. Stick with Oh my! God. And then let us know in the comments how horrified you are. Very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's our top three games from all of us of twenty seventeen ish. Um, uh, maybe early 18. Yeah, maybe early 18. Well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but we do have some honorable mentions and some Kickstarter games that uh, we wanted to talk about. Austin, I'll let you go ahead and uh, start that. Okay. Um, yeah, There's. Uh, I got really into Kickstarter for a while. It was after I missed out on some big stuff. Like, I missed uh, the Double Fine Adventure. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I missed... Um, uh, there's just a few games that I wish I, I would have gotten on board for. Um, Darkest Dungeon. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up kind of buying into that later. But uh, So, this was from a couple years ago, and actually that's one kind of issue with Kickstarter is that the, the stuff ends up taking a lot longer than expected. But, um, yeah, there's a few games on there that I've funded that I can't wait to come out. Um, probably the biggest one, and I know that you and me have talked about this one in the past, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yes. It's from... Uh, it's, it's a studio in Poland... And, um, or nope, that's wrong. It's a studio in Czech Republic. Czech, yep. Um, they, uh, a lot of the guys worked on, uh, was it Mafia 2? It was Mafia 2, yeah. Yep, yeah. And so they're making, like, a, um, a medieval-themed game. It's, like, very historically accurate. There's no magic or, you know, there's no dragons flying around. You don't have to fight an army of orcs or anything. And it's based on semi-real history to the region, and they actually have an area that the game is pretty closely based on. And, you know, the the fortifications and the small towns and the castles that exist in the game were pretty much that same way uh, in life, in the in the in whatever the proper year was. I think it's in the late 1400s. So, um, I mean, that's super interesting. It, they want it to be the first of possibly three acts. And... Um, I think I got in on the original game for, um, I think my final price was like $25 to get like a digital edition and everything. That game's yeah. coming out full price $60 from yeah. all the extra stuff they've added to it. And they got like, uh, it was a very successful Kickstarter. And then they got funding deals from a couple publishers and, you know, they really expanded their operation and they got all these stretch goals they were able to pretty much nail. And I've been playing some of the early, uh, stuff of that. I actually upgraded my, tier at one point so i could get some of that alpha access but um i think they showed off some stuff at e3 or maybe one of the other shows uh, like, i think it was something a little smaller i think they might have been at gamescom yeah like gamescom sense. or something yeah. um would yeah would um, would make a lot of sense um but they were showing off and they still have some pretty like alpha or well not alpha or beta well maybe alpha or beta um mm, stuff still alpha. going on when they were showing it off but the combat it's really steeped in uh, protecting yourself and not being mm-hmm. hit uh whereas you play something kind of it, it kind of looks skyrim but it's you know without all that stuff like like Austin right said. it's almost and, um uh, yeah it's it, almost got like a for honor kind of combat where you're like holding right. your sword at different poses to block okay. attacks but it, it's very much like real combat would have been like you you know two people face off and they each block about 20 attacks and then there's two hits and that's the fight yeah you know so you know, super super interesting. Um, it did come from Kickstarter, and it's definitely a, definitely a good runner up honorable mentions title, I think. Yeah. Um. um and Ed, you 
you brought us one as well. Uh, you brought us a game from Kickstarter that you uh, that you were pretty interested in. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, Bloodstained uh, yes. from Koji Igarashi uh, had huge hand in the Castlevania series. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people would be familiar with Symphony of the Night. Uh, I love that style of, and I hate the term, Metroidvania. (laughs) (laughs) But that style of game I fell in love with, and that's exactly what he set out to make. So... Right. Yeah, uh, Yeah, from what I've seen, it looks uh, looks really good, um, and they've managed to um, hit, uh, you know, quite a few people. Um, You know, they're managing to they're in they want to put it on you know ps4 xbox one mm-hmm. uh wii u and and more so uh, mm-hmm. that's cool published uh the um publisher is uh is that they got published by 505 that's who it is yep yeah uh so that's really cool um that yeah, it'll be interesting to see because um yeah that was one of the the kickstarter games that was like part of the japanese like auteur movement of like these big names that are kind of, you know, they're fed up with kind of being held back by their industry. And they're like, okay, look, everybody wants a new Castlevania game. I'm going to make it. So, like, um, some of them, uh, they haven't been being received super well. And I think part of that is just that lack of funding, like, um, the lack of that big studio behind them. But this is one that, you know, they, they're taking their time on it. They want to make sure that, that it seems like they've learned from some of the mistakes of other, you know, developers doing a similar thing. So uh, that'll be really interesting to hear about that. Great. Cool. Uh, Austin, you said you had a few more for Kickstarter, I believe. Yeah. Um, I also had, uh, this is from um, uh, kind of a small, uh, it's a really small group of a um, couple people out of Texas. Uh, the game's called Arcadian Atlas. It is a Final Fantasy Tactics styled game, I guess. Um, there really haven't been a lot of those lately. And uh, this one, I, I believe it is probably just PC, just based on the size of the team. I, it's like five or six people that are working on it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they did a really good Kickstarter, and they've laid out a really cool system, and they, it actually looks like they might be able to make a couple games out of, you know, this kind of... Not really the engine they built, but the process that they've figured out. So um, hopefully it'll expand into more than just that. But yeah, go check out Arcadian Atlas online. Um, hopefully that is easy to spell. It should be pretty simple to track it down. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool um, little project. I've always liked the Final Fantasy Tactics games. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, uh, it has that style of like the tactics where it's, uh, facing know, like, is important like yeah. attacking somebody from the back is important um, it's it's the similar like uh, you know medieval fantasy I guess and the art direction is very much in line with it so um, yep. it looks cool yeah it's uh, it's a simple simple search maybe we'll drop that in the comments as well um, yeah and then cool. the other one I have is um, Battle Chasers Night War which is from kind of strangely from the guy that was in charge of Darksiders 1 and 2. Uh, his He kind of left because he was a big name and he didn't get swallowed up. Uh, I guess... Uh, I, I'm not really sure what the politics were behind that, but um, you know when THQ went down, he kind of split off and he made a little company called Airship Syndicate. Um, he is actually a you know pretty well-known comic book artist. So his one of his first comic books when he was young was Battle Chasers. So he's coming back to that. It's like a 2D turn-based... Uh, I guess that's kind of similar to um, Final Fantasy as well, you know, in its yeah. own way. Um, different Final Fantasy games. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's It's got almost like comic booky, um, you know, 2D RPG combat. So um, yeah, and turn-based and everything. They have interest in, you know, not only making it for PC, but uh, Mac, PS4, Xbox One. Yeah, they want to bring that to consoles. So yep. switch, um, yeah, that'll be really cool. Uh, that so it's kind of weird switch, that, I would be um, that up on switch. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he's not on board. Uh, you know, working on Darksiders three, as far as I can tell, uh, he's the one that he he was kind of in charge of the art, and he came up with a lot of the ideas that were in Darksiders. So I could see that. Um, 
I, it's possible that they're working off some of his old info because that you know that company was able to buy those design docs and you know the working engine structure and all the assets that existed for the game. So um, uh, it, it's kind of cool to you know see those guys that you know made cool stuff kind of going out on their own and doing their own thing. So yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, that's what that's those are my Kickstarter ones. Nice. Um, I guess we'll just kind of run down some of the other like honorable mentions. Uh, you know, we'll go through them a little slow. Let me know if you guys want to really talk about them at all. Um, Day is Gone, which was shown off, was it last year at E3 or was it two years ago? Um, uh, it's that zombie shooter. Uh, yeah. And, and like, I, I haven't looked into it too much. It just, it, it looks really good. And, um, that really long gameplay demo uh, kind of sold me on it. It looked, mm-hmm. it looked like something I would be interested. It's kind of like when I saw um, Dying Light for the first time. I was like, I want to, like, I know what I'm getting here, and I right. want to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, next, uh, of course, God of War. Yeah, changing the Norse up. God of War. Norse God of War. Uh, I would looks, be totally on board with just a God of, just a single, like, not a trilogy or anything, just one God of War game in, mm-hmm. like, every mythology setting. Yes, exactly. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just almost like a, almost like an Assassin's Creed type thing where it's like hopping around time periods and like famous cities and stuff. Like mm-hmm. a God of War, Japan, God of War, Hindu India, God of War, Egypt. Like I'm, I'm down for all those. Yeah, that could be that could be cool. I, I and I mean this is a um, a step in the direction of changing up. Like by the time God of War three got around, I I loved it, um, but it was starting the, the you know the style and you know, what to expect was too much because it was exactly <laughs> yeah. what I expected. Yeah. Um, so, they got you know, a little too deep in it. You know, this is something different. When it came out and they, you know, they, they showed Kratos and, and everything, uh, I was immediately, I was immediately like, wow, they got me again. <laughs> yep. Like, I'm I knew that they were going what, to. I'm excited to see what this studio can bring to mm-hmm. an open world, it looks like. Yeah, no, certainly more open than it was before. Yeah, where yeah. the old ones were, um, the the quick times got a lot of people, especially in three, where they had the mm. buttons that would appear on uh, the top, bottom, left or right of the screen, you know, for each you know specific button, and uh, yeah, it, it was almost like uh, the first time I experienced it, it was in Resident Evil Four. When it was a knife fight, I think with Krauser, I put down my controller to watch the cutscene, and then stuff started happening. <laughs> Yep, that's and not I a cutscene, buddy. That's not a cutscene. Uh, that is pretty much how that game felt. Uh, I feel like that could have been a game that got a lot of people, and uh, I, I'm interested to see if they're going to continue down that, um, like scripted, like you're watching this on rails, but you're pressing buttons style, or if they're going to take more of an action uh, approach to the entirety of the game. So that'll be interesting. That'll be cool. Um, uh. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I, I don't know too much about. I've seen a lot of stuff about it, but it doesn't... I, I, I don't know a lot about it. Um, I've just heard a lot of people talking about it and showing off different aspects of how they make the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But Hellblade, um, Sensuna's Sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen too much on that at all. It was a Game Informer cover, it's all I know. It was. Um, <laughs> and their facial recognition they did with the model was done live on stage at one of the... Oh, big that's shows. awesome. Um, yeah, they, they hooked the person up, and, you know, the body was ready to go, and uh-huh. she spit out the lines as an actress with the stuff on her, you know, the mocap stuff on her face, and they, they captured it live and did everything wow. live. It was phenomenal. Ooh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Is that a first, even? I mean, Yeah, I think that was the first time that's ever um, been done. Oh, I think cool. the closest we've been was possibly L.A. Noir. because that was Yeah, L.A. Noir live. had that style of thing. It was um, shot. It was all shot live. It wasn't shot live, but it was it was shot and with cameras 360, mm-hmm, and yeah, then uh-huh. the face actor would act out the lines, and then they would they would real go time from there, real time. Yeah, yeah. It was it was mapped real time. That's 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 some really cool technology, for sure. Um, up next is a game that could possibly never come out. Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Please yeah, come, the out. CD Red, come out. Yeah, the CD Projekt Red. It's well, yeah. They, I mean, it's it'll be tough to see when they drop it because CD Projekt definitely will take their time on something. And if 
if it's not 100% up to standards, we're never going to see it, you know? Yeah, they so, said um, back while we were, I think, while we were waiting for uh, Witcher 3, they said they were not even going to talk about it until this year. <laughs> and they yeah. did a really good job of not talking about it until this year. Um, one trailer. One trailer, and I heard uh, the guy who created the original pen and paper Cyberpunk 2077 game uh, mm-hmm. giving a small interview on what he thought of working with CD Projekt Red. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... CD Projekt Red, uh, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but, um, I, like, they're just such a success story. I mean, they, you know, they had a little bit of power behind them with the the core CD Projekt company was, I, I believe they're like a CD, a DVD distributor, and they would, like, localize games to Poland. Uh, that's why I said Poland earlier, because I had CD Projekt on the mind. Right. And, um, like, they just had such a dramatic rise to, like, full triple a like witcher 3 is one of the better games to ever come out at all and it's in the rpg for sure yeah uh, yeah and it's a company's third game that they ever made <laughs> and i mean that's that's just amazing that's and um crazy. they like they they're setting the bar now for other people to catch up to i mean there was for sure stuff uh you know where people were talking about like you know dragon age inquisition came out uh i believe it was like november and then The Witcher came out that next May. And um, when The Witcher came out, Dragon Age was no longer in the conversation. And, uh, like, the, the franchise's future is kind of in trouble. Yeah. And uh, Really so, I mean. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> The Witcher is just so good. And, I mean, again, it's a thing where, like, Skyrim, that's The Witcher's out. I don't really need to play that, you know? Like, um and it's the company's third game that they made. Yeah, you know? coming it's from just, it's, it's literally like two people in a garage. Yeah, I mean, when it started, you know, Witcher One was was a couple of guys that worked for CD Projekt, you know, proper the main company that were like, oh, we have this little gaming branch and we're gonna, you know, run some computers out of this guy's spare room or his, you know, garage or whatever. Like, right. amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's almost like a Peter Molyneux story. You know? It really is. Like, I accidentally ended up with these computers, and I'm going to keep them. And, uh, look, we accidentally invented a new genre. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it, is, it really is that type of thing. So, um, I mean, th- they could make uh, they could make the next GOAT simulator. I'll be all over it. doesn't matter to me. Yeah. All right, the next two are... Um, I, I, I want to put them together because they're... they're they're just kind of interesting titles. Um, hmm. And one of them I'll probably never get to play. I'll probably watch streams of it and, and love it just because I love the style. But mm-hmm. uh, the first one's Rhyme. Um, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, it very hmm. much has um, a stylized look to it. I'm not exactly sure on what we're getting aside from an exploration game. but uh, Yeah. That's Rhyme, R-I-M-E, like Frost, I guess. Not yeah. like I'm rhyming my sentences. I, I imagine it's going to be um, a uh, uh, kind of just like an exploration puzzle game um, where you're setting different things up and you, like even a small battle uh, mm. system. But I don't think they're going to emphasize much on uh, attacking or anything like that. So right. um, I just thought the game looked really cool. It's coming out for the Switch, so I'm really keeping an eye out for things that are coming out for the new Nintendo console. Ten dollars, ten dollars more on Switch very weird yeah it is weird uh, nintendo's gonna make their money yeah um and then the other one lumped in there is the um i believe it's xbox exclusive game cuphead uh, yeah i think so mm-hmm. yeah um that, that one like a, just the style is very like uh like steamboat willy steamboat willy yeah like 40s but colorized cartoon um mm-hmm. it's just um like a platformer and it, it looks really cool. Uh, you play. It's all what, boss battles. Yeah, it's <laughs> you play a like a little like teacup, right? What looks yeah, like it's a like cup. a little. It's like a dude. It's almost like a Mickey Mouse body, but the head is a teacup. Yeah, and he's got like the big like white gloves with the like black circles on the back, and he like points his finger in like a gun shape and like shoots out <laughs> gu- bubble bullets. And everything is over-exaggerated like you'd see in a 30s or 40s cartoon where, you know, they super anticipate every motion that they make. Um, And it's really those, like, mute colors that you would expect from Mm -hmm. 
um, like a remastered what was originally black and white. Uh, sure. Like just enough frame drops to make it look old timey. Yeah. Yep. Um, I imagine it's going to be super racist. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, the next one is uh, uh, the Surge. It's kind of like uh, like Dark Souls in a kind of more industrial setting. Um, I like I've done a little bit of research on the game, um, and it I look. The reason I put it on here is because I'm a big Dark Souls fan, and I feel like this could be um, different enough to make uh, Dark Souls, you know, like let let's go maybe a different direction with the series. Mm. They, I think they went on record saying that um, they wanted to, after Bloodborne, look in other directions for the Souls series to go, and uh, I, I think this this game here is. Um, something that could help them like they could work off of each other you know like competition uh makes things better kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it it looks really cool um it kind of reminds me of that uh a couple months ago we had the free to play uh for the playstation plus game um let it die very similar Mm -hmm. to that Hmm. so you know i I put it on there because I, i know i'm super interested in it um and uh yeah we'll see what comes of of the surge um, 12 is actually one that, uh, Ed put on there. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3, which, are we sure that it's going to be coming out this year? Oof. <laughs> it's, uh, it's supposed to be holiday, sure? but. It's, it's um, not. I can. It's not. <laughs> I promise it, you. And everyone listening, it's not coming out this year. But nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, how could you not be excited about. Right. Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, we've. The. 45-year saga, Yeah, feels like. Right, we've been waiting. Has it been... It's been over 10, but I'm not sure exactly where we're at. Uh, I think it's been like 12, 13 years. That's, I was going to say 12, but I, I didn't know exactly. But I know all of us have been eagerly awaiting this game forever. Yeah. I can't wait I to see the Kingdom conclusion. Hearts 1 like six times. <laughs> it's, yeah, all the re-releases and stuff. It's the um, most convoluted story ever. I've got to yeah. see how it ends. Exactly. Um, and then uh, I, I threw on there just because the game is coming out this month, and I, I'm excited for it. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a. It's no secret that I'm a, a, a horror fan of the genre in general, and uh, yeah, this feeds into it. It's you know seven v one, and it kind of gives you a glimpse on how uh, Jason Voorhees, I guess, would be everywhere at once, uh, because you get to take the role of him if you're the lucky person in the group of hmm. people that are, you know, all eight people who are playing that get to try him out. Um, and then the other people play camp counselors that are, uh, all have different strengths and weaknesses and you have to work together to make this happen. Like you could be like fixing yeah. a boat and, uh, like maybe the skinny guy couldn't carry the boat engine to the boat, but the big guy could, but you know, you have three or four people working on the boat and there's only two or three spots on the boat. So one of you has to stay behind. Wow. Uh, so it, it, it's really a, a psychological game where you want to work together, but you still want to ax a few people in the end. You want to hmm. make sure that you survive and they don't do that to you. So super interesting. Um, that game started as well on Kickstarter and then they got the funding. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, uh, and then the last one, um, I know it, it was a uh, runner up for Ed as well. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get too much into the Star Wars Battlefront games, um, but yeah, Ed, do you have a? And well, I'm such a huge Star Wars fan, and it's less yeah. for the gameplay because the first one really didn't have that super going well. But this yeah, one has a story mode, mm-hmm. and it's from the Imperial side. I think that'll be really important having that exactly. story mode. Yeah, um, and because so, you know the you know the PvP was fun, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Star Wars is about the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're there. Yeah, so. and uh, especially those the first two, you know, that came out on the PS2 era, I guess, um, mm-hmm. the Battlefront games. The, so much of it was like the multiplayer was a big part of it, but multiplayer was still just taking off at the time. So, 
just being able to like sit in your room and play against bots or like you and your cousin or you know friend or whatever sit down and like play split screen or whatever with each other mm-hmm. uh that's something that the the new game was kind of lacking and it didn't have that like good solo like i'm just gonna run around and like learn these maps type of thing it, it was very much like a battlefield with a star wars skin on it so right. Uh, I think adding in that campaign, even though, again, that is, you know, Battlefield's always historically had campaigns, and actually the Battlefield 1's campaign was supposed to be really good from what I heard. So, um, Well, I mean, um, if they do anything that's along the lines of something like they did with Bad Company, uh, they could yeah. have a huge successful game on their hands. So. Oh, yeah. And, they, you know, they said there's going to be snippets of, like, little, like, kind of, like, dream battles. Like, I think in the trailer they have Darth Maul versus Yoda. Like, okay. hella yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, that's, I mean, people like that. They, they had Yoda and Darth Vader in the, in the uh, Street Fighter games, so, you know, a while back. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm all for those kind of, like, little, like, montage, like, dream sequences. I think there was something where, like, there was, like, Luke Skywalker was getting ambushed by somebody in the trailer. I forget what that one was. But, like, there's a lot of little cool vignettes they can set up um, with, like, kind of the backbone of this, like, female soldier's story and like she watches the uh the death star go down like that's amazing Mm. that that's such a cool uh it's like a moment that i think a lot of stories would just kind of leave out like not important like okay so the battle station gets destroyed the end you know but this is like no this there's a lot of people that continued on so um that's that'll be really cool to see them explore that definitely all right, but yeah, that's the end of our uh, like runner-up um, honorable mentions list. Um, if you are interested in any of these titles, uh, just check like the description. Um, we'll have yep. something in there for them, uh, whether it be a video, their website, a place that you can find yeah, the game I'll... on Kickstarter, or yeah, I think I'll just post otherwise. the list and then you can uh, search them. Uh, just to, you know, I'll, I'll have like a games mentioned. Uh, since this one is a lot more than we usually do, so yeah. I think it'd help out to have all that so you don't just have to listen second by second to remember what we talked about. Right. Yep. And uh, and um, I, I definitely want to thank uh, Ed for stopping by, hanging out, and uh, uh, hearing his voice uh, or expressing his interest in you know the games that he's stoked about. Um, we do have some other things that are uh, coming up that I, I kind of want to try out format wise since this is our mm-hmm. third podcast and we are, um, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, find ourselves. Um, but there are some other cool things that I want to try and I could see us having Ed back. So yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, hanging out, Ed. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Um, and as always, if you guys get a chance, um, head over to facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc to check out all the top news and video game stuff that matters. Uh, we have some great stuff going on over there. Uh, you know, some writers that uh, appreciate the support, uh, likes, comments, and shares as always. We have our yep. YouTube uh, as well. Ed, uh, Ed's X Wing on Twitch.tv. Go check him out. He streams almost daily. I get updates to my email actually every time <laughs> you go live. So, um, really cool feature. I recommend that too. Give him a give him a follow. Um, and you can search him pretty much anywhere under the same name. Uh, we'll toss yep. that in the comments as well. But until next time, guys, this was uh, episode three of the Mammoth Games Inc. uh, podcast. Uh, We will catch you guys next time.